Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to Podbytes. How have you been? I'm Valentina Kaladina. We are live on Castbox every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. But we uh, had to uh, change our timing this week because of some technical issue. But uh, that's fine now, and we are live again. Now is Thursday. It's 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, same time. Podbytes is a live interactive show where we talk about podcasting. This is episode number 11. For questions and comments, please call or text. It would be great to hear from you guys. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You can find previous episodes of the show in replace. Just go to CastBox and search for PodBytes. PodBytes is a show that goes live exclusively on CastBox. You're probably listening to us on your mobile device, Android or iOS, or via CastBox browser version on your laptop. Either way, you're using LiveCast, which is a new interactive feature of CastBox. Livecast was created to help podcasters to engage with their listeners in real time. If you're a podcaster, you should definitely check it out. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. Welcome, Benjamin, Ishan, team, Jessica, Dexter, Nick. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And please stay tuned. We are going to have a very interesting conversation today. A week ago, we were joined by Ant McGinley, who is a radio presenter at CommuniCorp UK and producer of several podcasts, including award-winning comedy podcast about football on the left side. We were talking about podcast content creation. We discussed what is the difference between radio and podcast. We talked about podcasting as business and some key things about podcasting in Europe. And the most exciting part was about football. Check it out, guys. Ant gives a lot of very useful tips for those who are about to start podcasting as well as for experienced creators. Search for Podbytes on CastBox. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining. In a few minutes, we will talk to Ever Gonzalez, who is the founder of Outlier HQ, the host of the weekly podcast Outlier on Air, and the producer of Outlier Podcast Festival. It's going to be a great discussion. You can type your questions in the chat window and call in. But before we start the interview, let's look through some, some of the recent news in podcasting. If you guys have any questions, uh, please let me know. Feel free to type your questions in the chat. And we're going to, to take the calls very soon. Thank you, Ariel. <laughs> Ariel is saying, amazing, can't wait. Great. So uh, let's talk about some of the recent news. Castbox has 3 million daily users, says Rene Wang, CEO and founder of Castbox, in a TV interview on Bloomberg. The interview was on air a couple of days ago, and it was from the RISE conference in Hong Kong. Rene says the company is expecting to be profitable by the end of the year. The company plans to launch premium content in the next two years. Check it out. The interview is available online on the Bloomberg website. Moving on. The Apple Podcast app will appear on the homepage of the new iPhone. 
the new iOS 13 operating system, which will be available in September, will put the Apple Podcast app on the front-end screen for the first time. The Apple Podcast app will also appear on the front screen of the iPad OS 13. Reporting Pod News. One more. The Podcast Brunch Club is like a book club, but for podcasts, released a listening list for July. The theme is Breaking News, and the playlist includes four episodes about media companies and news consumers, breaking all habits and all business models. I'll tell you a secret. I will be hosting podcast brunch event this coming Saturday. I already attended a few previous events, and this was a lot of fun. Find your local chapter of the club and join the discussion. There are a local chapter of the podcast brunch club already everywhere around the world. And the last one. The LA Times is releasing Larger Than Life. It's a story about Los Angeles street racer named Big Willie Robinson who changed the city. At the same time, podcast producer Paige Himson wrote about the challenge of printing journalists moving into audio. Okay, we are about to start the show. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining. Welcome, John, CJ, David, Laura, Vishal, Derek, Holly, Randy, Jared. Yes, thank you guys for joining and uh, feel free to type your questions in the chat window or call in. All right, now back to the interview. This is Podbys Talk Show. I'm Valentina Kaladina. Today we're joined by Ever Gonzalez. Ever Gonzalez is an entrepreneur, CEO, a top podcaster and the founder of Outlier HQ a media and events company that provides resources to help entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their businesses. Ever is also the host of Outlier On Air, a weekly podcast that interviews founders, disruptors, and movies. Ever started his career in freight management business, first as an employee, and later he created his own freight company, which he sold in 2012. In 2012, Ever started Outlier HQ, Outlier is an online publication, physical co-working space, and conference series uh, that are helping the dynamic community of startups and entrepreneurs. It is a network of founders, disruptors, and business owners from around the world. And it is uh, about providing the knowledge, tools, and insights that needed to help company to grow from its foundation to the ultimate potential. So far, the company hosted more than 200 events. That's impressive. In 2013, Ever started his own podcast, and since then, he released more than 400 episodes. In the podcast, Ever interviews disruptors, rule breakers, and big thinkers. Ever is famous as a producer of Outlier Podcast Festival. He's also co-founder of the Future X Podcast Network. Hi, Ever. Thank you for joining us today. Valentina, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're going to have a very interesting conversation, I'm sure. Uh, here in Podbytes, we discuss podcasting from different angles. Uh, in today's show, I would like to talk to you about how do you see podcasting from inside? What do you think of the podcasting community? And how do you help podcasters and uh, entrepreneurs to thrive? 
When we were uh, announcing this episode, uh, we wrote that Outlier Festival is about creating inclusive community for podcasters. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, we are going to, to talk about that uh, in a couple of seconds. Uh, I would like to remind our listeners that we are live and we are looking forward to receive your questions and comments and feel free to ask ever whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so uh, your uh, festival, you, you held the, the first annual uh, Outlier Podcast Fest Festival in St. George in Utah in May 2018 and it was your first podcasting event. Uh, how was it? Uh, it was great. Yeah, it, it was our very first one, and we were just kind of experimenting a little bit. Uh, like you mentioned in the intro, we've hosted over 200-plus events, but those events were business events, uh, entrepreneurial events. Um, but May of 2018 was our very first podcast festival, and it was it was fantastic. I We enjoyed it so much that we decided to do more and more and more, and now these festivals are a big part of our uh, business model, a big part of the things that we are uh, putting forward, not just this year, but in years to come. Yeah, it was, we, we invited uh, speakers from all over the U.S. to come and speak on their expertise on how to either start, grow, or monetize their companies. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, women in podcasting. We talked about uh, the different uh, struggles, the different uh, ways that we can kind of uh, grow our shows. And, and uh, because of that, again, we, we decided to host more and, and we're doing three this year because we enjoyed it so much. Uh, you are going to have three festivals this year. Uh, why are they worth attending? A great question. Yeah. I'd like to think that, um, you know, again, with, with all the events that we've hosted, the, we're doing these a little bit different. Uh, we're kind of getting rid of all of the bells and whistles, right? We, we, we don't care about all the, all the lights, all the banners, all that stuff. All we want are great speakers from our stage, great workshops, good live shows going on. Um, but the goal is to be able to have our attendees and our speakers have a, a place where they can interact uh, very casually, right, without any pressure. Because I think that's where the magic happens. When great minds get together, good things happen. And so we, we provide this platform for that to happen. And we do it from city to city. So we started in St. George. We went to L.A. We've been to Austin. We're going to go to Denver a little bit later. And, yeah, we're just looking for these podcast communities throughout the U.S. And we bring in half of the speakers are flying in. Half of the speakers are from that town. Um, and then they get to kind of mingle and, and grow and network together. When you decided to uh, start the first festival, do you remember what was the logic how was that? Yeah, why, why, why did you decide to do that? Yeah, well, you know, we've been podcasting since 2013, and uh, I've always wanted to attend one of these uh, podcasting conferences, the Podcast Movement or PodFest out of Florida. Uh, but every single time that I, that I wanted to attend or when they were hosting those events, I either had a wedding to go to or a family vacation. Something was always happening where I couldn't attend. Uh, and that happened for a, a, a couple years. And so I was like, wait a minute, I, we host our own events. Might as well host my own event. Uh, and then that way, you know, we can get all the podcasting stuff uh, um, that we want at our festivals. And so, yeah, it, it kind of just came out of necessity. I couldn't attend all these other events because we, we were busy. But uh, so we started our own. And because of the first one was such a success and we had so much fun. Um, again, we're, we're doing more and more and more of them. Ariel is uh, saying, so you brought the party to you. <laughs> That's right. 
and you know she was a big a big piece of of uh, uh, the festival. She came to our very first one, and I, I enjoyed her. She was uh, moderating a panel, and she had such energy and very knowledgeable about the industry that I was like, "We need you part of the team." And so she's been with she's been with us since the very beginning. Right. Ariel was a great supporter for the uh, uh, festivals, for the Outlier Podcast Festivals. Ariel, would you like to call in and introduce yourself? And we, we have a conversation all together about Outlier Podcast Festivals. She would be great if we could do it. Sure. Yeah. Let me know when you are ready. And uh, yeah, please feel free to call in. Uh, everyone, please feel free to uh, yeah, just uh, call in. There is a small button on the screen. Ariel is calling. Hello, Ariel. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you very well. Thank you. How cool is this? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so uh, great. Would you like to 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 introduce yourself a little bit uh, and uh, please share your impressions of the Outlier Podcast Festival? Sure. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, I'm walking. Uh, And there might be some traffic, but that's the cool part about livecast is that you can do it wherever. <laughs> so my name is Ariel Nissenblatt. I'm the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, which is a weekly email with a theme and five podcast episodes on that theme, each week curated by a different person. I also, like ever said, help out with the Outlier Podcast Festival. And I recently just started working with Castbox on social media and livecasts and other projects. <laughs> So um, got my foot in the door of a lot of different podcast things. And um, I'd love to tell you about my experience with Outlier. So um, I heard about Outlier in February of 2018, just a few months before ever was planning on the first Outlier podcast festival to be in May in St. George, Utah. And I emailed him and asked for a press pass and also said, it looks like there aren't a lot of women on your panel. Can I be a woman? Can I, can I lead a panel of women at the festival? And so he said yes. So I went and I did that. And then from then, we planned a festival in Los Angeles. Then we planned a festival in Austin. And now we're working on one in Denver and then another one back in Los Angeles in September. So uh, it's been really fun working with the team and going to different cities and seeing the podcast world within that city and how it kind of relates to the larger podcast community, both in the U.S. and abroad. Do you, do you see any difference from city to city? What's the difference? Yes, definitely. Um, so I'd say that in St. George, the makeup of the festival was 80 to 90% indie podcasters and maybe 10% people from podcast industries or from radio stations. And then in Los Angeles last year in 2018, it was probably 40% podcasters, would you say so ever, and like Absolutely. 60%... 60% industry folks or um, people who run media companies and things like that. Uh, and then in Austin, it was probably about 60% podcasters, 40% industry folks. So it's been interesting to see how different cities, um, how people in podcasting, um, you know, function in the cities that they're in. Right. And a question to Ever. Ever, do you plan to uh, host again the festival in St. George, for example, or do you plan, what's, what's the like plan for the future? Yeah, I think we're going to continue to do three festivals a year, but um, we want to go to different communities, different cities. And so, you know, we're already talking to different um, uh, locals and different cities to bring the festival to them. But we are going to do... Uh, um, 
a festival in LA every fall. So LA is kind of going to, is going to be our home base. So every fall, every September, we're going to have a, a festival there, but spring and summer, we just go wherever we want. Right. Nashville is a place that kind of is coming up. We just got invited to, to Chicago. Um, so there are a few different cities that we that were planning. Atlanta. For. Yeah. yeah. Atlanta. Columbus, right. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. In 20, 2020, we're going to pick two different cities. Right. And a question to Ariel. Ariel, do you think the festival, it would be better if a festival will be bigger, like, you know, not a few hundred participants, but uh, like more than a few hundred? Or we, Yes. So at Outlier, the, the thing I think that's the most interesting about it is that we try to find people who are doing funky things in podcasting. So one of the things that we did um, was or one of the things that we're thinking of doing is kind of having like an audio experience where people are not just listening to audio, but they're also interacting with it. So we want to do like a kind of multi auditory kinesthetic and also visual kind of thing where um, people will be listening, but also moving and also drawing and however it, it is. That's not the kind of thing that can work in a, in a 2000 person podcast festival, but it does work in a 200, 250, maybe 300 people festival where people can kind of get intimate and know the participants and know the leaders of the festival. And so I think for that reason, we do try to stick with between 200 and 300 people. Yeah. And, and we're always going to do that. We're, I don't think, uh, at least at this point, we don't plan on having events that are larger than two, 250 uh, attendance wise, just because we like the intimate feeling of, You know, people being being able to come in a relaxed environment, being able to learn a ton from the stage and the workshops, but still be able to connect with the speakers and the panelists. Uh, again, in a very laid back uh, setting, um, after two to 250 attendees, uh, I, I we lose control of the vibe and the atmosphere, and so we'll keep it at 200, but we'll just do more events throughout the throughout the U.S. as opposed to one large event per year. Um, plus the traveling part and going into different cities and meeting different contractors in those cities. That's the fun part for, for me and Ariel, being able to kind of be in these communities that are thriving. Uh, we just kind of go in there and do our thing. And it's been, it's been fantastic. Right. Uh, I got my last question to Ariel. Uh, Ariel, yeah. do, uh, do you think you, uh, it was possible for participants to talk to and to connect and to network with, uh, Like all the people, I mean, uh, or at least how big is the portion of the people that uh, one participant is able to network? Yeah, so um, it's two days. The, it's two days the, festival, right? Yeah, so we the first festival in St. George was one full day. The one in Los Angeles last September was a day, two two and two a half days. days. Yeah. Two two full days, two full days. And then the one that we just had in Austin was a day and then uh, like a two hours of the night before, which was great. And that's, I think, the model that we're going to stick with because it's been the perfect balance of kind of an entertaining feel on the Friday night and then an all-in learning intensive experience on the Saturday. And um, yeah, the feedback that we get is that this group size and the, the layout that we presented in is perfect for people to chat with each other between sessions and to grab lunch. We always make sure that we send people outside during lunchtime and um, have them take part in the local lunch scene so we don't cater lunch or anything like that. 
Um, we give recommendations and we tell them to go out and make a friend. We, we even um, have people, we even do some matchups for mentor mentee and have people chat with each other. And then, yeah, we get feedback on our website, on our feedback form. And the thing that rings true the most is that people really enjoy the intimacy of it. So yeah, I definitely think that there's a chance for people to get together. Right. Uh, Ariel, thank you so much. It was very insightful. Thank you for calling in and sharing your impressions. Yeah. I'm going, if you want to, uh, to ask anything, or if you want to call in again, you, you please stay tuned and uh, listen to, to us. And uh, we appreciate your, we really appreciate your contribution. Of course, so, of course. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Okay, moving on. Ever, I'm curious to talk about your experience as a podcaster. Mm -hmm. So we can say that you're a really experienced podcaster because uh, your outlier on air got, I think it's already 226 episodes, right? Yeah, uh, yeah like four, we have, uh, episode-wise, we have 426, something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So for the first 100 episodes, you were not the host and you had to, initially you had two other people who hosted the show and but later when they left, you started doing this yourself. Uh, so did you have to learn any special interview skills? Uh, you know, great question. And I like that you've done your homework. Yeah, for the first 100 episodes or so, we, um, uh, I had two other, two other professional hosts that were doing our, that were, that were doing the show and they would, they would uh, uh, take turns talking to the different guests that we had on. And it was great. They were, they were very professional. They were very engaging and, and people loved them. Uh, and then, you know, they, they both had a kind of other projects that they had a, to go work on. And so we kind of parted ways a little bit. And as I'm sitting there thinking, shoot, because my background's in logistics. So I like being behind the scenes and, and running the show behind the scenes. Um, and so I was thinking, well, I guess I'll do a few episodes until I hire another host. And then I did my first few episodes and I was hooked. I loved it. I, I mm -hmm. loved being able to talk to different people all around the world uh, on the show. And so I never hired anybody else. And I, we haven't looked back since. I've been doing every episode since then. I wasn't comfortable on the air at first, but, uh, but after a while, it's, it's just I'm very curious about people and I like business and I like Um, you know, different projects and the, the things that people are working on that, that make them different, the outlier show, right? Having conversations with them made it easier. I forget about it being an interview show and I just have cool conversations with a lot of great people and those are the episodes that are the best. When I forget that we're on the air, that when I forget that it's an interview show and I just ask normal questions like we're kind of hanging out, having coffee somewhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, out of this uh, more than 400 episodes, how many of them you are not proud of <laughs> um, so for example you you think you did a bad job or or uh, a speaker didn't share much insights something like that yeah i would say uh, you know a, a good dozen maybe 12 oh. or so uh, uh -huh. that, that i'm like well i could have been better i could ask better questions you know I, and quite honestly sometimes there are times when i'm not really uh, into it at that moment for whatever reason i'm having a bad day or i'm just sick or, or whatever Uh, or I we just I just don't connect with the with the guest. Yeah, there there are several of those. So I would say about overall twelve that I'm not 100% proud of, but uh, nothing really that I am ashamed of. Right? I mean, even though they're not the best, we they're still on there, and I, I haven't deleted any of them. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, no, especially in the beginning, listening back to some of the early episodes, uh, there were some cringe moments for sure. Right. For how long you are going to continue? Forever. <laughs> you know, I, I keep telling people that uh, I, I love podcasting and a lot of people get into podcasting to, to obviously make money and that's important. And, and I applaud people and I try to help people do that. But um, for, for me anyway, for us, we, we don't have any sponsors on our show. We're never going to have any sponsors on our show. And even if nobody was listening to our show, I would still do it just because I get so much benefit from talking to these amazing people, again, from all over the world. They become uh, mentors. They become friends. They become business partners, clients. And so, yeah, even if nobody was listening, I would still do it, and I'm still going to be doing it. Uh, luckily, the show continues to grow, and you know, we get a lot of downloads. But even if we didn't, I, it, it wouldn't matter to me. I would still do it uh, in a heartbeat every single week. So if uh, someone reach out to you and uh, suggest you to have host read ads, so will you say no to them? I would, I would say no. Yeah. We, we, you know, not, I'm a filthy capitalist, right? I like making money. Um, but just not with the show. I, I think keeping it the way it is, I, I, I'm comfortable with it, right? I don't feel the pressure of living up to obviously the, the, the sponsors uh, hopes and, and different things that they want from the show. I kind of pride myself in being able to do what I want, whenever I want, however I want. And for the most part, it works out pretty good. If it feels, if the show starts to feel like work, then I won't be at my best, right? We make money from the events. We we have sponsors at the events, obviously ticket sales and things like that. But uh, I think we're going to keep the, the podcast completely free of sponsors. Right. So a filthy capitalist with a hippie heart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I like this. I like this, uh, this saying. In one of your interviews, you mentioned that uh, you are trying to be online all the time to be available for your audience. Uh, I'm curious, how well do you know your audience? Who, who are they? Yeah. Uh, I, and it changes a lot, too. When we first started, our, our entire focus was entrepreneurs. Right, We wanted to have entrepreneurs on the show. We wanted to cater to entrepreneurs and help them grow, you know, start grow and scale their businesses. But over the last several years, because we don't have any sponsors and because we don't have anybody to answer to really. And because again, I don't care if I get five downloads or 50,000 downloads. I, we, I started changing it up a little bit where I just kind of talk to people that I want to talk to, not necessarily always entrepreneurs. I mean, we have a lot of them on our show, but you know, we have authors and musicians and actors, yeah. people like that. And, uh, It's just one of those things where we just reach out to those that we want. And so our audience now, it's broad. And, and I consider them outliers. It's people that are doing different things. In the beginning, it was a lot of young entrepreneurs. And then half of them were young entrepreneurs. The other one, the other people were, the other half were uh, nine to fivers, corporate people that were listening to the show because eventually they wanted to start their own business. And so they were kind of getting advice and, and mentorship from, from the people on our show. But now I just think it's, I'm looking for human stories, not necessarily always just business stories. Um, so I think our audience is a lot of different types of people. It's it's kind of hard to to know exactly who's listening. But the people that engage with us, they're still young, bright people doing things that are not normal, right? Mostly they're not entrepreneurs. Yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs still, but uh, we we get a lot of authors, a lot of musicians that that are listening. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a lot of house, you know housewives that are listening to the show as well. Uh, that you know, their full-time gig is obviously being a mother, or uh, but they also have a little side hustle, a little side gig that, that they're doing as well. 
And that's more creative, not just money making. It's something, you know, they're painting, they're writing books, they're doing those type of things. Because those are the type of people that we're starting to bring on the show just because those are the people that I'm interested in a, a lot more. Right. So can you name, let's say, three people who you would like to, to, to have interview with, but uh, sort of your dream interviewees that are difficult to, to reach, but you yeah, would like to I, talk to them? Do, do you have yeah, any? For sure. I think um, I would like to have Elon Musk, obviously, from, from Tesla, right? He, he would be mm -hmm. an interesting person to have. And yeah. not just on the business side of it, but just because he's, he's brilliant and he's, You know, he's taken so many chances and he's had some failures and he's had obviously some successes. And so that I would like to kind of get behind the scenes with him and see what, what he's talking about and how he does things. Another person that I would like to have on here and not, you know, not for any particular reason, not for political reasons, but I'd like to have, you know, president Trump on the show. Wouldn't that oh. be awesome? to just ask him whatever I want to ask him without being afraid of losing sponsors, losing listeners Right, just whatever I'm curious about, and so I would like to have him on the show and kind of mm -hmm. uh, praise him on a couple things, but grill him on a, on a bunch of other things. Right? I mean, I think that would be a fantastic interview because what, what can they do? They can't shut my podcast down. I mean, maybe I'd get audited or something, but uh, other than that, it, it won't really affect us. Other than having a great conversation uh, with somebody that hopefully would answer all of the questions. Somebody else, I I think. Um, I can't remember what's her name. Uh, she she started a girl boss a clothing line, uh, Amorosa or Sophia Amorosa or something like that. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. I read about her. I, she's been on a radar. She's, uh, she almost came to speak at one of our events. But uh, I think her story of starting a, a retail a fashion company with no experience and kind of growing it to millions and millions of dollars and then it kind of crashed and burned a little bit, but now she's on her way back up. I think that I love those those stories of uh, failure and coming back. So I think she would have an interesting story as well. Yeah, Sofia Cristina Amoruso. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, I just found out that we have birthday at the same day. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Funny fact. <laughs> okay, great. Speaking about people who inspire us, you are a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell, and you even was inspired uh, by his book when you were choosing the name for your company. So I think the yeah. name of the book is outliers the story of success yes what do you what what do you like about his ideas well for i like him as as um an author and, and as a speaker and as a person just because he takes very complicated um topics and themes and makes them relatable and easy to understand so right off the bat that that attracted me to malcolm uh and then when his book came out i just i love the book And when we started Outlier, this was supposed to be a, a fun side project, right? Because I had recently sold my freight company, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, right? I was still in my mm -hmm. mid-30s at the point. And so I was like, well, we didn't put too much thought or effort into the name. I just finished reading Outliers, and I was like, well, why don't we call it Outliers? Because every entrepreneur thinks that they're an outlier, right, outside of the norm. We all think that we're different than everybody else. And so it kind of fit, right? And, and uh, again, if I knew that we were going to become this and grow as big, maybe it would have changed. But, but I actually kind of like it still. I like outliers, the things that we're doing because of what it means and, and what it represents, right? It, me, people like you, people that are listening, we all think that we're outliers. We're, we're doing different things than everybody else, uh, whatever that is. And, and I think it fits with the community that we've been able to build. Do, do you think outlier is uh... – 
contradictory with the teamwork or what is the what, what would be the opposite for for outlier yeah no i mean we you know conforming or, or be building a uh, being in a big team or being like everybody else i think that would be the opposite and you know i think what we do a little bit that's a little bit different in my philosophy and the philosophy of what we're trying to do with with this uh, with this company is it is kind of weird right we're we're bringing in we're building a platform with our podcast definitely with our festivals and everything else that we do we're building this this place virtual and physical place where these outliers that are out there doing cool things in their basements and in you know their bedrooms and just in co-working spaces we're trying to bring them in to feel like they're connected to other outliers, other people that are crazy, other people that are doing amazing things. Um, and then we just kind of step back and let the magic happen by itself, right? So my job is to be able to go into these communities and kind of build this platform for them to come in, and then they do the rest, right? We don't try to lead in what they should be doing, what they should be talking about, what they should be uh, experimenting with. We just bring them together, and then all these young, bright people, not just not always young, but all these people uh, that come in, make it happen uh, by themselves. And so that's that's the goal with what we're trying to accomplish. Building mm-hmm. an amazing platform of amazing outliers, amazing people. Uh, and so far, so good. It, it shows in our, uh, in our guest on our show, and it also uh, shows in all of the attendees and all of the speakers that we bring into to the festival, right? We, we don't hire professional speakers to come and speak right because uh, for for whatever reason it it just doesn't connect with me what i like to be able to put on my stage are people that are building cool companies or are working on great podcasts or are doing something that's um that's pretty incredible and then have them come and speak on our stage i don't care if they they stumble over their words i don't care if they have a lot of hymns and hums as long as they're able to tell a great story they don't have to be professional as long as they're able to connect with my audience, that's all I care about. Being able to tell a great story uh, and being able to engage our audience is is exactly why we do this. When you were reading Malcolm Gladwell books, did it influence your mindset? Uh, kind of. I mean, I think he was good at – I think I've always had this mindset since I was very young, right? I mean, I, I – um, I grew up with a with a single mom. I had no responsibilities, no curfew, no, you know, because she worked all day long, two jobs. I kind of, as a young child, I ran around free and crazy and, mm-hmm. and didn't have discipline. And so I kind of, I think, and that transformed into my my adult life, right? my my twenties and thirties, the same way. I I I struggled with 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 rules and with being able to conform in school and at jobs and. And all those things. So I think I felt a lot of the things that the that the book and just his other books have talked about. But he he was good at being able to. He was a whole lot better at being able to express those thoughts and put them together. And so when as I was reading the book, I was like, "Well, this makes sense, and this is exactly how I feel." And you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean I have to follow this this path. And so I think it was always in me. He was just good mm-hmm. at put it together. Right. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, welcome to our listeners. Hello, Sal. Hello, The Saint. And uh, let us know, guys, if you have any questions. We are moving forward. Uh, if I'm correct, Ever, you, you just pulled your kids out from school, right? You, you yeah. just started homeschooling. 
Yeah, about a, a year ago, we we started homeschooling our kids, and you know, back 20, 30 years ago, that was crazy. Just because, you know, I, I remember the kids that were homeschooled when I was when I was a kid. Uh, they were the weird kids, right? They were something was was they were just a little bit different. But now I think it's a little bit more mainstream. And the only reason that we did it um, is because we want to to be able to travel whenever we want. Um, I remember getting several. Uh, letters from their school principal saying, "Hey, they've missed they, they've missed too much school uh, this year. It can't happen anymore." And so we pulled them. My wife is a professor here at the local university. She teaches biology, has her master's degree, and so she's our kids are in good hands with her. And every time we have a festival, or I go speak at a conference, or I have a project outside of of the state, I bring the kids with me, and so we're teaching them you know, work values as well. And so they see me on stage, they help sell t-shirts, they help set up, they, they do all those things. And I think that's a great uh, um, way to kind of live our lives. We just kind of come and go however, whenever we please. And the kids get to see us work and they help us work. And, and it's been the educational part of it. I don't have to worry about it just because I, I know my wife takes the bulk of it and she's doing, she's doing a fantastic job. But yeah, I think we're going to continue to homeschool for the next several years at least at least until they get into high school and then we'll kind of reevaluate then. But it's been, it's been a fantastic year, year and a half uh, since we, uh, since we pulled them. Uh, how is it going so far in terms of uh, challenges? What are the challenges that you see? Uh, home, with homeschooling? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I think uh, one of the challenges is that they, you know, my, so I have three kids, uh, 11, nine and, and almost eight. And, they they get bored a little bit, right? So we have we have uh, every day they have three to four hours of, of class, and then they kind of hang out a little bit. All of them have something that they do outside of the home. My oldest son, eleven, he volunteers at uh, a local uh, museum for dinosaurs. He's a he's a an usher there and, and a tour guide. And my daughter and my other son, uh, they volunteer at a local animal shelter. So they they have things that they're doing outside. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they still don't get 100% of the, you know, craziness that uh, recess at school would have or lunchtime, um, although they still have a lot of activities that they get to do with a lot of their young uh, friends. But, yeah, I think they sit around there. They're together all day long, and so they get, uh, you know, they get bored and they get a little cranky with each other sometimes. But I think that would happen <laughs> anyway if uh, if they were in school. But, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's the hardest part. But even then, that's not that difficult and it's been I think the biggest challenge is, is being able to to stay on top of their individual growth and the things that we want to be able to teach them right do you want to, to raise them as a complete outliers or do you want to keep the balance and how to keep the balance yeah no another great question I, you know it's fun. I think my wife and I are, are complete opposite she's very straight laced right she she's very conservative when it comes to just life in general and uh you know where where again i didn't have any any rules anything like that growing up she kind of had the opposite and so i think our kids are going to be somewhere in the middle right if if i definitely want them to go to college and have that experience and be able to um to get great jobs or create great jobs when when they're a little bit older but if one of my kids came to me and said hey i I don't want to go to college i just want to go start this project or start this company or you know go work in a national park or something, I'd be like, okay, that's, let's figure it out. That's, that's great. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's somewhere in between. 
I think I want them to get as much education as they possibly can. And then I want them to be able to have the freedom to kind of pick and choose whatever they want. So yeah, as far as them growing out, growing up as outliers, I think there's going to be a little bit of that for sure. And I'm okay with that. Right. But do you set, uh, when you are speaking with them, do you set kind of life goals to them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, they, They all kind of, and this is going to change, obviously, because they're young, but they all have things that they want to to do when they grow up. And so my son that volunteers at the Dinosaur Museum, he wants to be, you know, he wants to be, uh, what do you call them, those, those that study dinosaurs and, and uh, work in museums. And I'm like, absolutely, that's why he's he's working there. And so, yeah, we have goals, you know, monthly goals, yearly goals, and, and, and beyond. And But we had that before they were being homeschooled anyway. Uh, this mm-hmm. just helps us set the set our own pace right there. All three of them are, are pretty bright anyway. And so they, they've excelled even more since they've been homeschooled because of the individual attention. But yeah, having goals is, is very important and something that they know and they have their own little books and their own little charts of uh, what they want to do and how to, how to accomplish it. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it, right? If I was a kid and I uh-huh. grew up, I think it would have been harder for me because they, they also have a lot of freedom to, to motivate themselves and, and do it themselves and get to that next level themselves, right? We're there to help. But uh, I think I would have been off in La La Land. I don't know that I would have been able to do it myself uh, like that. But ho- look, you know, luckily they do. Right. Universal missions and saying goals are what keep us going. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah. Without it, we would run wild not having any directions. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your comment and uh, let us know if you have any questions. I think we're moving towards the end of the show. Uh, but before we wrap up, last thing, uh, but still very important that I want to talk about is uh, entrepreneurship. So when you quit your job, uh, I think it was about 11 years ago, right? 10 yeah. years ago. You had to start everything from scratch. Do you remember who were the people who helped you with your new endeavor at that time? Uh, yeah, well, it was definitely my father-in-law. He, well, he, he had a little bit of skin in the game. He wanted me to keep his uh, daughter, uh, you know, fed and clothed. So he, he kind of helped as far as uh, being a mentor. He, he was able to kind of give direction. He Is himself, he an entrepreneur himself? He was uh, an entrepreneur in his earlier uh, years. Then he, you know, ended up working at a large corporation. But uh, in his 20s and 30s, he was definitely an entrepreneur. And so he kind of had that... Uh, that same feeling of wanting the freedom to be able to kind of do it. So he understood where I was coming from. I was young and, you know, pretty cocky and pretty dumb, but he was still able to kind of keep me focused and, and it helped quite a bit, uh, especially in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I, I'm sure I would have made a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm sure I would have made a lot more mistakes if it wasn't for him sitting there and not necessarily micromanaging or not telling me, Hey, you're doing it the wrong way. You need to do this. He was just very good at the advice And the way he would talk to us and talk to me about planning and the future and structure. I, I've always had a hard time, even now, with the details of things, right? The, the structure of things. I'm, I'm too all over the place. I'm too wild. I'm too um, – I just want to go do it and not necessarily always plan for it. But he was like, you need a plan. What's the plan? Stick to the plan. Let's go. And, and ever since then, I tried to remember that when I get myself into a lot of different uh, projects. Uh, universal mission is saying I run my own business spreading positivity, clarity and peace back into people's lives uh, ever you, you did a switch you did a switch uh, from 
freight and logistics business to kind of event business and consulting business and podcasting. Mm -hmm. So, and what were your fears at, at that time and how you overcame? You know, it's funny, with age, you start to uh, obviously become a little bit more wiser, right, with, with life in general. But uh, in the beginning, for this anyway, with, with Outlier, in, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a fun little side project and a, a fun little side hustle. Um, and I thought I was going to go back to either corporate America or start another business in, in, in logistics again. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think that this was going to turn into this, but after we ha we had a lot of good responses from our podcast early on, from our co-working space, um, people started to really enjoy what we were doing. And so I was like, well, maybe we have something here. And so we, we decided to put a little bit more time and effort and resources into this. Um, and so in the, it, it just was in stages, right? Because I, I didn't sell my company and say, okay, now I'm going to do this. And I don't know anything about podcasting or running events or you know, entrepreneurship uh, where I can help other people. I didn't know any about that stuff, uh, but it, it kind of came in waves. You know, first I learned about podcasting. Then I learned about running events. And then I learned about all these other things that, that we're working on. Um, and so I, I think it just, because we took one step at a time, it became easier for me to be able to, to understand that and, and put my head around it. Um, and so, but my fears were and still are that, you know, what if nobody shows up to one of my events? That would, because I have sponsors and because I have people that that have paid good money to kind of come attend, um, and and speakers that flew in from out of town, like that would be, that's a fear every single time. We have an event coming up in Dece uh, next week in Denver, and um, you know I'm I'm I always worry a little bit uh, right before our events, um, and so, so far so good, but that's one of the fears that I continue to have. Right. So can you talk a little bit more about upcoming event in Denver? If uh, some of our listeners uh, joined in the middle of the show and they didn't have a chance to listen, uh, could you tell uh, one more time about the upcoming event? Yeah, sure. We're, we're having a uh, the Outlier Podcast Festival in Denver, Colorado on the 19th and 20th. Um, we are, we're inviting a lot of speakers from all over the U.S. to come and talk about Uh, podcasting, how to start one, how to grow one, how to monetize, uh, the importance of storytelling. We're going to talk about the technical side of podcasting, right? The equipment, the software. Um, and so we've partnered up with uh, the House of Pod there in Denver. They're kind of a co-working space just for podcasters. Um, and so we're going to have this day and a half full of people that love podcasting, want to start a podcast, or uh, are already you know several levels uh, in Uh, to kind of just have a good time, learn about each other, learn about different techniques, um, and, and just be able to connect with awesome individuals. Uh, one of the things that we're doing this year as well is that we're having a pitch competition. So those that don't have a show but want one or have a show that's six months or less, they get to come and, and pitch their their idea, kind of like Shark Tank. They get to pitch their show. And, to, to, uh, who? to whom? To whom? They get to pitch it at the festival in front of live, the live studio or the live audience. But we have uh, uh, four or five independent judges. They get to pick on creativity, you know, durability, um, originality uh, of these shows. And the the winner gets uh, two professional mics. They get uh, 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 four, four Focusrite interface. 
They get uh, production services. It's about four to five thousand dollars worth of uh, equipment and services that they win. And for any new podcaster, I mean, professional mics and things like that, that's a that's a big win. And so that's one of the that's one of the fun things that we do that Friday night. Uh, they get to pitch and we get to listen and we kind of the audience gets to vote vote a little bit, but uh, ultimately it's the the independent judges that make the decision on as to who wins. It's a lot of fun. And the, the good, it's good enough for them to start if you're providing the equipment and uh, range of other services. Sure. Yeah, we have uh, you know our partners with Hi- uh, Hi-O Mics and uh, uh, Hindenburg Editing Software, right? Focusrite, the 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 Scarlet uh, interface. I mean, th- these are uh, pretty big uh, companies that are supporting us and in turn supporting the the people that are coming to pitch. Uh, and they've been they've been great since the very beginning with us. Right. Are you doing this pitch competition the first time? No, uh, the first time was in Austin this past May. Right. So h- how was it previously? Uh, it was great. Yeah, we had a uh, we had about ten to fifteen people submit their their proposals, and uh, again a, a smaller committee picked the five finalists, and so we had the five finalists pitch Friday night in front of the audience and in front of the judges and the judges got to pick the winner. And, uh, not only was it, so it was fun and it was funny and some of them made mistakes, but that was okay. because everybody had a great time. And even those that didn't win thought it was a great experience being able to kind of passionately talk about their, the show that they either want to start or that they just recently started. Um, and, but because we have so many podcasters in general are very giving and very generous. Those in the audience connected with all of them and you know we're offering help and, and to be guests on each other's shows and offering um, tricks and, and tips on how to uh, start and grow their own shows and so I think everybody walked away very very happy and so but we're going in Denver and we're going to do it again in LA but ha- have they started already yes some of them have started uh, the winner was uh, Teacher's Life a podcast about uh, the, the struggle that teachers uh, have and so It was very kind of, I thought it was important, uh, even though I didn't get to vote, right? I thought it was important that that there's a podcast for, for teachers and their struggles that they have and how overwhelmed they feel sometimes and how they don't have the resources sometimes needed in their classroom. And so she talks about some of those issues um, and she presented well and her idea for the show was, was a great idea. And yeah, she's up and running now. Um, mm-hmm. Hashtag teacher's life is what it is. Oh, sounds inspiring. One question from the listener. What is your main goal in podcasting? Uh, great question. So for our show specifically is for me to talk to as many cool people as possible. Right. Again, we're not, I'm not worried about sponsorships. I'm not worried about uh, downloads. My goal is to be able to read an article or, or, you know, see something online with somebody that is inspiring or somebody that I think is unique and, and different And I reach out to them and because we have a little bit of clout now with 400 plus episodes and, you know, the platform that we've been able to build. Uh, a lot of times these people come back to us and say, yeah, they, they'd be on the show. They take our call or our email, right? In the beginning, we kind of had to hunt them. Now they're kind of uh, looking to us. We, we recently had uh, somebody that I never would have thought that we would have had on the show just because, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was not on our radar for the most part, but uh, – There's a, a show here in, in America called Dawson's Creek. And mm-hmm. so Joshua Jackson, uh, he was the... Yeah, who was on your podcast recently. He was on the podcast recently. And he's an actor. 
and still acting and still on a lot of good shows and a lot of good movies. But he started a company in Canada. And so we talked about his company. We talked about being a child actor. We talked about, you know, failure and rejection. And it was a great conversation. And so my goal is to be able to continue to have those conversations with those type of people for as long as I can continue to do this. So, yeah, the podcast is just to be able to talk to great people. But my goal for the podcast festival is to continue to grow the podcasting community and the outliers within it. And those that don't necessarily have the, you know, the, the, the ability to kind of raise their voices or be seen or be heard. uh, Those are the people that we're really looking, looking to kind of uplift and inspire and help. Uh, And because of the help with some of our sponsors, uh, pod chasers uh, specifically, we set up a, a scholarship fund. And so every city we go to that's, where we have hosting these events, if if there's somebody that wants to come to our event, but for whatever reason can't pay the the fee, right, or, or buy the tickets, they can call us, they can email us, and we let it, we let them in for free, right? Because we would rather have them come to the show than to kind of have the hundred to one hundred fifty dollars, depending on on what it is for them to to show up. So yeah, we we would. That's where the you're so generous. We we talked about the. Filthy capitalist with a hippie heart. That's where the <laughs> heart comes in, right? Where if we obviously want to make money, but if for whatever reason they, they can't afford it, we make enough money anyway with the shows that the hundred fifty to hundred to three hundred dollars that that uh, that would normally come to us because of those tickets, it doesn't matter. And plus, Podchaser uh, is already paying for a lot of those uh, tickets anyway. But yeah, we we want that community to come with us, so that's our goal. Okay, so one last thing before we wrap up. What would be your piece of advice to the podcasters who are going to start? How to find their how to find the right goal for for creating the podcast? Yeah, I, it's going to sound uh, cliche, but but just to do it, right? We, we all worry about well, do I have the right equipment? Do I have the right uh, software? You know, the right mics, the right idea? And no, who cares? In the beginning, it doesn't matter. Right, as long as you have a laptop and some earbuds, right, you can find five dollar hosting with Lipson. Right, so the, the barrier of entry is so low that you can start right now if you wanted to and if you needed to. And so don't wait until everything is perfect because it's going to pass you by. I think, right? Sometimes in business and in podcasting and everything else in our lives, if we just don't, if we don't go out there and just do it, it it's going to pass you by. Sometimes I think, and so that would be my advice. Right, there's so many resources. Some of them that you get to pay for, some a lot of free resources online anyway. Yeah, lots of free resources. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that there's no reason why you can't get started tomorrow, right? There, there are no excuses anymore. So if you really want to start, my wife, right, who's, again, the opposite of me when it comes to everything in general because of the, sh- the shows that, uh, that we listen to together and the events that we, that we attend, she's thinking about starting a science uh, podcast because that's her background, right? And and uh, but she gets overwhelmed. She's like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, luckily you have me to kind of help you. Uh, but even if you didn't have me, there are so many different things online that can help you get started. So don't worry about those tiny little pieces. Worry about what your show is going to be about and what's going to make it diff- uh, How's it going to make it uh, different from all the other shows that are out there? Right. And that was very inspiring. And uh, more inspiration can be found in the podcast Outlier on the air. You can find it on CastBox. Go and search for it and subscribe. 
And that's a wrap for the show this week. Uh, you are listening to the Pod Bites. We were joined by Ever Gonzalez, who is the founder of Outlier HQ and the host of the weekly podcast Outlier on Air. Ever, thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you so much. This was fun. Cool. Thank you guys for listening and asking questions. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. You can click on the show picture. There is a follow button. Please make sure you click it so you will receive push notification when we go live next time. Also, you can see the upcoming live show on the livecast page of CastBox. Use the app, call in, ask questions, and interact with your favorite hosts. I'll see you next week.